Welcome. Glad to have you with us seven minutes after 11 o'clock on a Froster Bunch Friday. So, uh, I keep arguing that you ought you to get your kids out of government schools. If you're a grandparent, talk to your children about getting their children out of government schools. See if we can turn this thing around, uh, at least intergenerationally, if we can survive the spending spree we're engaged in now. But they are... You don't know what's going on. See, government schools don't have to tell you what happens in the classroom. Private schools, you can coerce them into doing that. You can say, look, if I don't know what's going on in the classroom, I'm pulling my kid out. Homeschooling, and you know what the kid is exposed to. Government schools, eh, not so much. So apparently, uh, there is a teacher in Seattle who uh, told his student... Uh, that he was identifying in a way that was, quote-unquote, offensive. I don't think uh, there's... Uh, yeah, we're not going to get that. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um, so, a Seattle high school teacher been accused of berating a student for describing himself as straight. <laughs> saying it's offensive because it suggests LGBTQ people must be crooked. Um, the unidentified <laughs> pupils. Well, you know, uh, gays, I, I don't care. I don't. I really don't care what you do sexually as an adult. Identify any way you want. Do whatever you want with whomever you choose. I am perfectly fine with that without commentary i am fine with that but i am a little confused when gays say we're here we're queer but if you use the term queer they get upset uh, i'm upset when they refer to people who are not gay or bisexual as straight and then the kid gets in trouble because he says he's straight and the teacher says that implies that gays are crooked. Isn't it like you, you, you can't win in a, in a politically correct world no matter what you say? You're in trouble? Uh, the, uh, this, this kid's mom filed a formal complaint about the teacher, Ian Golash, uh, the chair of the social studies department at Chief Self International High School. She claimed that in the beginning of the school year, this uh, teacher provided students with a social identity wheel. Uh, it was a worksheet asking them to reflect on various identities, including race, ethnicity, gender, and sexual orientation. How does that come up in a, in a school? How, how does that come up? It's not biology. It's not history. This is the not gender science studies or math. that we had talked about. Gender studies, you know how important those are these days. Uh, no. Because I, these kids of today, they might not understand what sex they are. And so, you know, it takes the school to explain it to them. Oh, where does the confusion come from? <laughs> so, where does that, how is that even their job? How is that even their job? After her son labeled himself as straight, the teacher told the boy the term is offensive. Uh, 
this is ridiculous. It's completely inappropriate to dictate what terms a student can, uh, can or cannot use to identify themselves with. So if this kid had identified himself as a girl, he'd have been fine. The teacher would have been fine with that. But if he identified as straight, suddenly it's an offensive term. It's only an offensive term, apparently, if, if the teacher disagrees with it. Without rhyme, reason, or logic. Uh, the teacher uh, denied singling out her son, confirmed saying that he prefers to use the term straight uh, because it implies, uh, denied singling, uh, he confirmed saying that he prefers not to use the term straight because it implies that uh, to not be straight is to be crooked, which could be a negative connotation. Well, then the kid must have heard it from him. How can he deny it if the kid's version of the story mirrors his position. Do you see what I'm saying? In other words, the kid couldn't have just made it up. He's using the same excuse the teacher has for chastising him. I mean, it's not just coincidence they came up with the same verbiage. Get your kids out of government schools. It's just so insane what's going on there. It, it's um, it's poison. It's poison. Uh, Congress has come up with a stopgap bill. The, there will be no government shutdown. Democrats uh, joined Republicans to make it happen because uh, several uh, conservative Republicans weren't on board with this, uh, this stopgap bill. This is what got the last Speaker of the House bounced out. I don't know if the Republicans will uh, uh, bounce out uh, this Speaker of the House. I don't know. It sailed through the Senate, it went uh, to the president's desk, and now we can spend willy-nilly until March, uh, at which time we will relive this nightmare over and over again. Uh, so that, I guess this uh, keeps the funds flowing uh, through March 1st. Democrat-led Senate voted 77 to 18 on the final passage. The bill now goes to President Biden. It's the third stopgap bill since last September. Here's the problem, Republicans will argue. They've only got like a one-vote majority in the House, one or two votes, that's it. It's a slim margin. If the Republicans, if the Speaker and, had, and the Republicans had crafted a bill to actually control spending... They would have had to admit where the where the money is going and what the problem is. And they would rather not do that at any cost. They would rather just kick the old can down the road. In this case, we're doing it in three-month increments. We used to do it in decades, and then uh, every year, and now it's every few months. Because it's not palatable. So who do you side with? Do you side with those true fiscal conservatives who want the deficits cut? Or do you side with the other Republicans who go, look, we're not going to get elected if we don't get this done. The government will shut down because the Democrats won't agree to it. And when that happens, uh, we'll be vilified. Those are the two sides. You vote for it so you can get past this hump, or you vote against it and you stand on principle. 
And the next thing you know, your party is eviscerated. And the Republicans will argue that with a slim majority in the House, uh, the Senate could be uh, could be flipped if they can get this uh, you know all worked out. But if they don't, Democrats will march in. They'll have the House and the Senate. Even if you get Donald Trump, you'll be in trouble. Because uh, Trump is going to get investigated up, down, deep, and repeatedly when the Democrats take over. Kind of hard choice to make. Either you're going to stand on principle, give the Democrats a weapon, or you compromise and continue the spending, reckless though it may be, in the hopes that you can hang on by your fingertips until you get a White House, House, and Senate that will all agree to cut spending. I would stand on principle, you know, I, because I don't think if they get the House, the Senate, and the White House, that they'll actually cut spending. I think when the Republicans, if, they, if they're fortunate enough to take over, the spending will not be abated. So what's the difference? I don't know. You tell me. I am uh, up against the clock. I have to take a quick break. But we'll come back and take your phone calls on this. Also, on a Froster Buns Friday, you can go to GaryNolan.com. Send me a message there. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. 20 minutes after 11 o'clock on a Froster Buns Friday. Uh, Thomas says, Gary, I think the caller Mike was close to the mark. The real problem is with the bureaucracy, the fourth branch of the federal government, the executive agencies in particular, are never going to be removed. Downsized, uh, they're not going to have their funding stopped. The nameless, faceless federal employees that our taxes uh, pay for only grow in size. No one is ever going to drain the swamp. But that's because you keep voting for the same people. The obstacle is you. If you keep voting for the, you know, the, the same political party or at least people in that party that don't you know, reflect your political views, they're just better than the other guy but not good, you're going to always end up with just what you said, uh, a never-ending bureaucracy. When you work up the testicular fortitude to say, I have had it, I don't trust either one of the older parties anymore, I am not going to vote for them because neither one of them will fix the problem, that's when things begin to change. That's when things begin to change. Uh, Les is on the line. Good morning. Hey, Gary. Um, people need to be familiar with Paul Craig Roberts. Uh, he was the uh, Assistant Secretary of Treasury of Economic Policy under Ronald Reagan. Uh, he, wrote, he writes uh, political uh, commentary and uh, uh, fiscal commentary. Uh, on 14th of January, he wrote a column stating, There is hope after all. And he has been for many years doing the same thing you're doing, telling the pluses and minuses of everything going on in this country. And he's finally, finally come to the conclusion that talking with friends that he has good news, 
that the good news is that the whole system, the whole corrupt system has and will collapse, collapse. We've got to get out of this game. It's a rigged game. This is one of the reasons why uh, Blake Lutkenmeyer is, is leaving. He knows that the game is over. All federal debt is not the responsibility of the people. It is, it is of the people within the 10-mile radius of Washington, D.C. Repudiate it all. Yes, there will be a collapse. Yes, there will be starvation. Yes, there will be fighting. I'm, I'm telling you, people, arm up, get food, water, know your friends, get close to your friends, and get to God, because there is no other way but a true collapse. The game is over. All right, Les, thank you very much. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I, things don't change drastically. He's right. It, it will collapse. There's no way, no way we can continue doing what we're doing. There's only f so far down the road you can kick the can, uh, and then it's a dead end. Evelyn is on the line now on a Frost Your Buns Friday. Hi, Evelyn. Hello, Gary. Um, I don't feel that good people will step up. I remember when Ross Perot was running, and there, got, there came a point where he stepped down for the sake of his family, is what he said. I don't know what else is going on behind the scenes, but honestly, how many of us want to go through what Trump is going through, even on a local level, to just have your family harassed, have people um, just sling the mud at you and what you have to go through now, and the opposition, it will do whatever it takes to destroy you, your character. They'll set you up to fail. Everything you say is scrutinized. It's like good people don't step up. I wouldn't step up. You went through it. You know, so those are things that we need to talk about is that, you know, if the Supreme Court can be tormented, who am I? I do not have the money for private security, and I don't know that anybody does have my back. So why would I step up and step into that ring? Why would good people do that to themselves? Because Thomas Jefferson and George Washington and John Hancock and all of the rest of those brave men faced an even greater threat. They were to be shot on sight. They were to be killed. Yeah, they, they were unified. And they said, you know, they were signing their death certificate. But when you think you're alone or that you're going to be left out there alone, you know, it's so difficult for people to want to have to put their families through that. I think we just lack the courage of our convictions. Yes. Uh, if, if, if we, it, it, just listening to this program, I know there are a lot of Republicans out there who agree with most of what I say, maybe not all. And I know there are a lot of libertarians who probably agree with even more of what I say. But we're, so we're not alone. There are tens of thousands of us right here in Missouri. Uh, we can stick together. We can make things happen if we're not afraid. If we could just work up the kind of courage the Founding Fathers worked up, we could make a difference. I agree. All right. Evelyn, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah, don't... I would Look, the, the, the percentage of people who are in favor of the Revolutionary War was tiny. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it was... Uh, what the percentage was, I don't remember the exact number... 
but I'm pretty sure it was less than 15% of the country. And the crown was going to kill these people. What is that quote? If we don't hang together, we shall uh, surely uh, be hung uh, separately. I, I don't remember the exact quote. But they knew they had to stick together. And as, and as they fought the British and the British showed their true colors, just how brutal they could be, it began to turn the tide in terms of support. Uh, we have an advantage in that we don't really have to fire a gun. We don't need an armed revolution. We just need to reach out and educate our fellow man, hammer it into them what they need to do, what the threats are, the direction we're going, how to solve the problem, and get them to, to just vote the right way. That turns things around. That turns things around. Right now, uh, Democrats and Republicans, they're not going to lead. They're afraid to lead. They, they'll follow. Maybe when, when uh, the trend line is strong enough uh, that uh, they see the handwriting on the wall, they'll, they'll run up and join. But they're not leaders. They're, they're followers. They're afraid. They won't stand on principle. That's how we got where we're at. That vision the Founding Fathers gave us of, of political conflict at every move, at every turn, it was genius. The House was, uh, was fighting with the Senate. The Senate and the House were fighting with the White House. And the Supreme Court was fighting with all three. It was, it was beautiful. And members of the House represent the individuals, represented the, uh, the states are represented by the Senate. It, 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 nothing could get done. It was brilliant. But we, we slowly but surely let it get corrupted. We came up with a central bank. Uh, we started electing senators, making them glorified members of the House, running to buy your vote instead of representing your state. Uh, we created the income tax so we didn't apportion the debt to the states. You could ask for the world and know that you didn't have to pay for it. You didn't have to go to your constituents and say, we're raising your taxes because the federal government was providing it. We've completely destroyed that system. We've let them do it. But we can take it back. We just have the strength. We have to have the strength, the courage of our convictions. Uh, what do we have here? Tim Gary, you know the real problem with voting is people aren't voting hard enough. If they'd only vote harder, people would only see what they're voting for. That would make the difference. All right, we, uh, we've got a news break coming up. We'll let you know what's going on around town and around the world, and uh, then we'll come back. And uh, we've, we've got uh, Americans who own the most guns. We'll give that a deeper thought, a deeper chat tomorrow on Gary on Guns. It's the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. 
1135. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. This just posted at Citizen Free Press. Uh, and it's John Kerry. We we played the audio of him being uh, uh, interrogated. He's walking down the street, and uh, this uh, reporter keeps from Rebel News keeps asking him questions, and they keep trying to uh, stop the uh, reporter from getting to John Kerry, who gives some really nonsense answers. Uh, but we've got another one, uh, another reporter, and again, uh, Kerry is walking down the street with this reporter trying to get some answers. Here we go. Are you going back to private jets after your your work with the Biden administration? Thank you very much. I do not Thank have you. a private jet. Uh, Ambassador Kerry, what are your plans after? Ambassador, what are your plans uh, going forward? Uh, not going to talk about it right now. Here. Last time we were here, we asked you a question about your private jet, and you said you stopped flying private. I don't have a private jet. Are you going back to private jets after your your work with the Biden administration? Thank you very much. I, I do not Thank have you. a private jet. I didn't say you had one. I said you flew on one. You don't fly on it. When was the last time you flew private? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Can you put your hands on me? Thank you, guys. He doesn't own one. He didn't ask him that. I'm here in Davos, Switzerland, with a team of six journalists from Rebel News. All right, yeah, we're, we'll stop here. Do you see how clever he is, how facile he is? <laughs> yes. It's, it, it, I don't own a private jet. I didn't ask you that. When's the, you know, are you going to fly on a private jet? Because I guess, it's, what, it's his family, it's his wife that owns the private jet, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, uh, the private jet's not in my name. <laughs> he got caught doing the same thing when he was with flying the, with, the, in, with the mask on the airplane back during COVID. Yes. He was obfuscating with an answer that was just ridiculous. That's just John, typical John Kerry. And then uh, remember when he had the, uh, uh, the water vessel? I can't remember what the watercraft was uh, that he moored outside of his state because he didn't want to pay the taxes on it. Right. The guy's just an arrogant, lying POS, and and he just nobody cares. Nobody on the left cares. I don't own a private jet. I didn't ask you if you owned a private jet. Unbelievable! I all of this nonsense. <sighs> What's the temperature right now, Brian? Uh, last time I checked, it was like thirteen or something. Woo! Sure is getting warm this uh, yeah this winter. Uh, we could only get a little bit more global warming. I I don't think I can stand too much more of this global warming. <laughs> I am ready for some warm weather. All right, I ju I just wanted to play that because it, it just shows how arrogant and how tricky the left can be. Oh, I aired. It's eight. Is it is, really? It's it's getting warmer. It was 13, now it's 8. Well, I, I aired. I was looking at something else, and yeah, it's only 8. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. How does that happen? I don't know. I am sure that if this winter uh, turns out, uh, you know, if this, this uh, calendar year turns out to be colder, they'll still find a way to make it sound like it's warmer. Sure they will. Uh, and anything environmental that happens naturally... Like that volcano that uh, Tony, Professor Lupo told us about uh, that erupted underwater with such force that it threw water vapor up higher than it normally would ever go. <laughs> uh, they won't take that into consideration. Oh, that's got nothing to do with this.
It's all your CO2. Give up your car. In, in the meantime, uh, morons like this are flying around on private jets. He couldn't be bothered to fly commercial. The, you are the ones who have to sacrifice. You have a dishwasher that takes two and a half, three hours to clean because they can't get enough water or uh, it, 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 in the dishwasher at one time. Because the, the your betters have told you you can't have that. Your betters are telling you you can't have an incandescent light bulb. A damned light bulb. They're, they cost pennies on the dollar. But your betters, you know, the progressives, they've decided you can't make those choices. So if you're on a tight budget, you can, you, you know, you need some light in the house. You can't go out and buy the, uh, the light bulb that costs a quarter. You got to go out and buy the light bulb that costs $3. It, it's, it, it should make you really, really crazy when the Democrats uh, keep pushing this garbage. This, and it is. It's garbage. It's excrement. All right. It's Froster Bunch Friday, and so we should take some phone calls. Or you can go to GaryNolan.com, send me a message, and it will pop up in the studio. I will read it. I promise. Uh, Pete is on the line. Pete, good morning. Good morning. Uh, just changing subjects. Uh, my pillow advertised everywhere. So I decided to go online and buy some, some stuff. Well, the website you got put in a code. And the price range from 119 to $29 on the same thing. Went through all that. And they got a little prompt, you know, so I asked, what is the best code? And it came back with nothing. And so anyway, went through the whole rigmarole, buying some sheets, went to check out, and it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't let me close out. I wonder if other people have trouble with it. I'm not a computer literate, but gosh, I spent half an hour trying to buy a set of sheets. I don't know what to tell you. I've only been to the website. Uh, the last time I was at that website was probably four or five years ago. Um, and I love the pillow. I can tell you that. All right. Uh, Pete, I don't know. I, uh, we'll, if somebody else is having the same problem, they'll call. Okay? I appreciate it. Enjoy your show. Thank you, Pete. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I... Uh, I don't know if anybody else is having a problem with it. You know, the he's complaining now. Apparently, Fox News isn't running his ads, um, and he's castigating Fox News for that. But Fox News is saying he's not paying the money he owes for the commercials. So there's, uh, and I know what that's like. I mean, we've seen, this is the same industry. We've seen that that happen. Uh, but I think. I think he's financially, he's in a great deal of trouble. He's got all those lawsuits. Um, the MyPillow guy, might, might uh, Mike Lindell, might just go broke. Man, and he had the world by the tail. He really did. I mean, you saw his ads everywhere. He was selling slippers and sheets and bedspreads and... Uh, 
in addition to pillows and stuff for your dog to sleep in. And this guy started with nothing, from what I read about him. He was like a methamphetamine addict or something yeah, one he time. A, he was into drugs. He owned a beer joint. And he pulled himself up by the bootstraps. That you remember, AOC said, you can't do that. But, um, yeah, it was like an amazing story from a guy who had nothing. Yeah. They, they have uh, really set out to destroy him. And uh, they very well may have, too. That. It's a shame. I don't, you know what? If he's not paying his bills, I understand why Fox isn't running his ads. They, uh, they've been running, they ran them until recently, so it can't be political. All right, uh, listen, I'm going to take a quick break, and uh, then I'm going to come back and uh, take your phone calls, tell you what's coming up uh, in the uh, coming hours. You can uh, send me a message by going to GaryNolan.com. And I'll be thrilled to chat with you again in just a few minutes on The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It's uh, 11.49 on a Froster Buns Friday. Uh, looks like Tim Scott is going to, uh, in, is going to endorse Donald Trump. Interesting. Uh, Florida, they've just uh, made a move to eliminate DEI. Uh, from uh, their uh, college education. They're going to re refuse the funds for it. Uh, and they're also going to get rid of uh, sociology. Don't think I have a problem with that either. I'm just trying to wrap things up here. I also uh, had an article I wanted to tell you about with uh, regard to who owns firearms here in the United States and in the greatest numbers. Uh, in the eastern United States, around 22% of individuals personally own firearms. But in the southern states, the number is twice as high, 44%. You, you realize, Brian, if, if we had the uh, uh, the same war we had in 1860, we the South would win. Yes, uh, sir. Uh -huh. it, it, twice as well armed. Um, anyway, uh, these differences arise from a blend, they say, of cultural and political influences. Many southern states, for instance, have a higher uh, numbers of registered Republicans, a demographic closely associated with firearms ownership. Well, I don't have a problem with that. I think it's good. The more people who are armed, the safer the world will be. Uh, to the phones on a Froster Buns Friday. Moral, welcome. Uh, listen, uh, Gary, uh, Brian would also, like yourself, wouldn't give me a chance to talk because I wanted this to be anonymous. Anonymous. You mean anonymous? Well, anonymous. I prefer to think of myself as a mouse and part mouse and uh, at least. But anyway, uh, anyway the thing that is, uh, I wanted to, could I at least disguise my voice? A little late for that now, don't you think? Well, I do a pretty good uh, Kennedy impression. Yeah, so do I, but we already know it's you, so go ahead. What's all on your all mind? All right, very, very, very good. Anyway, well, long story short, see, I used to be in the jewelry business. Now, I, had, I never actually soldered anything, but I took a piece into a, a certain jewelry store, and, uh, and so I, 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 had, I didn't have enough money to pay for uh, the, the, the repair work, and so I, I thought that I'd bring a ring that I think would be more than enough collateral in case he should be so good as to keep it until I could pay, make full payment on the repair. Anyway, so he, he said, well, that'd be fine, and, and, 
it didn't take him long. He said he soldered the pieces, and he said, you just keep the ring, and you, you pay uh, when you can, or next month, I'll charge you an extra 10%. And, and the thing of it is, uh, these things, are, I think, are, are, are permanent solderings, uh, you know, except for moral, 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 yeah. moral, yeah. moral. Yeah. moral. Yeah, why why would anybody listening to this program give a rodent's rectum about you getting soldered uh, a, a piece of jewelry? Well, because you don't care about my political views. I don't know. It is it does cross my buns because it, 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 it's not polite to, to, to leave my buns so frosted in such manner. Uh-huh. All right, Morell, thank you for the call, I think. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show, I think. Brian, do you... I'd, I'm sorry, my monitor was just turned down. I, I missed that entire call. <laughs> you so lie. I can't comment on any you of it. You lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, I still don't know why he called. Uh, I listened to Oh, it's Frost Your Bones, and he had a problem with jewelry. Uh, at, no, don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> at two, Brute? No. No, no, no. <laughs> Oh, Lord. All right. Uh, 874-9390. Toll-free number is 800-529-5572. And he wanted to be anonymous after he... Oh, Lord. You just... You can't make this stuff up. Uh, there is a, a story Fox News has been pushing about the border. And they, they keep playing this uh, video of this woman whose daughter uh, died from a fentanyl overdose. And, you know, it, 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 my sympathies go out to her. They really do. But if she really has, a, you know, a, a bone to pick, it should be with the government. Because they're the ones that are facilitating, literally encouraging this, this fentanyl in, uh, uh, surge. The war on drugs is what's causing it. You, you, you can blame Biden all you want, and don't get me wrong, he's, he's screwing the pooch on the border. But neither party can fix it because what it requires to fix is not politically palatable. So I, I feel sorry for this woman whose daughter uh, had a, you know died from a fentanyl exposure. But it wouldn't have existed. It wouldn't have been here. Nobody would, would be sending fentanyl here if her daughter could have medicated by going to a drugstore to buy what she wanted. If she could buy something at a retail outlet, uh, and, uh, you know, Walgreens, uh, Walmart, uh, Smitty's Hardware Store, I don't know. She would still be alive. You're not going to stop the fentanyl from being smuggled in. It's an incredibly powerful drug. It takes very little of it. Just um, the tiniest amount to create the euphoria that drug users want. They don't have to bring in bales of it. They don't have to bring in huge quantities of it. It's much easier to smuggle. The more power, If they come up with a more powerful drug than fentanyl, you'll see fentanyl drop and then the, this other drug will, will be the number one drug that, that comes in. Because if it's smaller, it's easier to, to smuggle. 
And the only reason they're smuggling it, the only reason they're bringing it here, is because people can't get what they want on the legal market, so they buy from the black market. Yeah, this, you know, the PDMP and all of these drug rules, we're, we're killing our own. We're killing our own. And as long as we have rules and regulations that encourage people to come here, you know that, oh, I feel sorry for people who can't eat. I think the government should feed them mentality. The I feel sorry for people who don't have health insurance. The government should pay for it mentality. They are the reason. And it may be you. I don't know. But they, that's the reason they're coming over. That's why they're coming here. They see the United States as some incredibly wealthy country who can afford to pay for all of their needs if they could just get across the border. And that's not going to change. You may be able to, you know, there may be an ebb and flow. You may be able to cut it back a little bit. You may be able to send a message that makes them think twice. But they are always going to come streaming into the country. And they're going to do it by coming across uh, uh, the border illegally. Because we're seduceing them. We're inviting them. They're telling them, come here, we'll feed you. There are people right now who came across the border, quote unquote, illegally, who are living in hotel rooms in New York City that most of us couldn't afford to stay in for more than a few days. And it isn't costing them anything. That's part of the problem. The sanctuary city nonsense. Now these these uh, I listened to these mayors from Chicago and New York and and the governor at California. Oh, we're going broke feeding these people. We're going broke housing these people. That's because you're not supposed to be doing it. The government's not supposed to feed them. Not supposed to house them. They're supposed to come here and make their own way. So, I, you know, I understand that it's a great political point, talking point, and it's great for television. Oh, woe is me. We found the, the enemy, and it is us. Tomorrow morning, Gary on Guns. We'll see you at 8 a.m. In the meantime, whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem, Gwen, baby, honey, I'm coming home.